0: Blessings everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me today. We continue our examination of First Timothy. And we're in the first chapter. We're just getting started in this new little series right here. And you remember that Paul uh had introduced himself to Timothy, not from the point of view of not knowing him, but he's writing a letter. So Paul says, Hey, it's me, and I'm writing to Timothy, my true child in the faith. And then Paul jumps right into what the issue is. And the issue that he's dealing with initially is to warn Timothy about the false teachers that are there in the church at Ephesus and how these teachers are paying uh, just mindless attention to endless genealogies and to myths and things like that and things that are speculation rather than what, and the New American Standard calls it, the administration of God, which is by faith. In other words, rather than paying attention to the things of God, rather than pressing on in faith, they're paying attention to all this stuff. So he's telling Timothy, I want you to deal with these folks. And they were basically uh, a group that we will call the Judaizers. It's a very broad brush title there that you see throughout Scripture. But a group of people that Paul describes here is that they wanted to be teachers of the law, but they didn't understand what they were talking about. They didn't know about these matters. But they made very, very confident assertions is the way he put it in verse 7. But then Paul said this, and we saw this in the last episode, and I just wanted to dwell on this a little more. In verse 8, he said, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. So he's talking about the Mosaic law. And he says, we know the Mosaic law is good. There was a reason that God gave the Mosaic law. And Paul actually talks about this in some of his other writings where he says that I wouldn't known have known that something was a uh, bad before God, that it was evil, if it was not for the law. The law is what defined the law is what gave me understanding. So he continues here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. He says, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person. And that's the argument that he's building upon, that it, the law defines what evil is. It defines what sin is. It lets us know what is abhorrent before God. So then Paul gives some example. He says, but the law is given for those who are lawless and rebellious. So he he gives several examples here, uh, many of them in groups of two. So here's one, lawless and rebellious. And so the law is given for somebody whose heart is rebellious. Well, it sort of begs the question, right? Rebellious toward whom? To what? Well, the unstated answer is they're rebellious toward God. And so the law is not given for a righteous person. It's not made for a righteous person. But it's made for those who are acting and are rebellious toward God. And then it says this, for the ungodly and sinners. Well, what are ungodly? <laughs> well, it's just another way of saying those that have turned against God. A lot of times people say, well, it's those that don't believe there's a God, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, there's not really a person in the world who does not believe that there is a God. And people say, well, what about the atheists? What about this? What about that? <clears throat> Romans 1 tells us mm-hmm. that God has placed within every human an awareness that he exists. As a matter of fact, there's a two-fold testimony that you see in Romans 1. There's an inner testimony <clears throat> that God has placed within every human. And then there's the outward testimony of creation itself so that everyone, everyone knows that god exists they may not use the same name that we use etc etc but they know that there is one who is greater who has created because by uh, what they can see externally and what they feel and know internally now when man chooses to deny that when man chooses to say oh that doesn't exist there is no such thing and that type of thing etc etc right that is when you see the reaction that you have among those who call themselves atheists. You ever notice how how hateful and how belligerent and just how nasty they are? Oh, why are you so upset? If you don't believe there's a God and somebody else believes there is a God, why are you so mad about it? You know what I mean? And the, the, that overreaction and those reactions come about because They truly, deep down, whether they cognitively acknowledge this or not, they know that they are in error because there is a testimony within them. So here Paul's saying that the law was made for the ungodly and sinners. Sinners are those that get turned against the things of God, and then he gets another group of two, for the unholy and profane. So you see the lawless and rebellious, the ungodly and sinners the unholy and profane. So you see, this is who the law was given for. All of them have rejected God. It's just ways of describing the same thing. Then he says this curious little phrase, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers. So he steps outside of, uh, uh, well, nearly, but not quite. He nearly steps outside this uh, little two-fold thing he's doing, and starts just delineating some things, but they're still really in groups of two now that I look at it. For those who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers, well, what's the difference between a murder and killing a father and mother? Well, he, he does this in other places in Scripture. Romans 1, same thing. He'll sit there at the end of Romans 1, and is given a litany of these horrible sins. And one of them is disobedient to parents. And it's nearly like, well, that's just like a little, we, we sort of think, well, that's not a real serious kind of sin. Well, no, it is. And so he's giving the example here. These folks are so evil, they're literally killing their father and mothers. And then he says, for murderers, he describes people as murderers. Then verse 10, he says, and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers. So he again talks about the uh, the profane people, the unholy people, the sinners, and he describes them as immoral, but immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Now, the last two are liars and perjurers. So let me just, The liar and perjurer, a liar is just someone who lies. A perjurer is someone who lies. So you have that group of two. But then you have this immoral man, homosexual, and kidnappers. And I think there's some things being communicated here that we see a lot in the world today. And I, I believe we're going to even see more. Uh, there's going to be some things happening within the political realm that's actually going to rock the foundations of not only our society and our uh, uh, government here in the Western world, but worldwide. When things are revealed about what's happening, particularly within this kidnapping thing, pedophilia, kid napping, okay? It's one way of viewing that, just within our own language, right? Of This taking of someone against their own desires. And he's saying this, that the law is written for these folks, immoral men, homosexuals, or homosexual is exactly what you would expect it to be, and the Scripture is quite plain about that. Uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God calls it uh, an abhorrent act before Him. Okay, and what is the church trying to do today? And many portions of the professing body of Christ have come along and have tried to whitewash these very, very clear teachings of the Scripture that God says you're not to behave this way, you're not to be immoral. You're not to uh, live out a life of homosexuality. You're not to be kidnappers. You're not to be liars. And then just in case, as I said last time, you think, well, this is just a, a very tight list and anything else is okay. No. Paul says this, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching and the sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which I have been entrusted. Now, Paul is saying, this is who the law was given for. It's not the righteous people. It's for those who are in sin to where they will know what sin is. Now, we'll cover this the next episode, but I want to just throw this out at you because it's so exciting. The next verse says, Paul's saying, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me and considered me faithful, putting me in the service. And then Paul starts describing how he was before he was saved. And the reason he does that, and he gives some detail about it, (laughs) is to reveal that no one is beyond God, God's grace. Even this list that he has right here in verses 9, 10, and 11, that these people are not irredeemable, but the good news of the gospel and the grace of God can transform them. It's really quite a, a passage of hope. Anyway, my time's up. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you again later. Goodbye.